0: Come on let's give the lord the praise He so richly and rightfully deserved this is the day the lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it let me try that again this is the day that the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it this is the hour that the lord has made let's rejoice and be glad in it those of you who are able if you would not mind standing I want to welcome all of those who are joining us in the sanctuary as well as on our social media platforms and online. I see our Zoom congregation and I want to give you a major shout out. If you're watching us this evening on Facebook, if you're watching us on YouTube or engaging in our live chat on our church website, Welcome to St. Paul Online, our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this evening. So real quick, if you're watching us on Facebook, share to your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure we all stay in the same chat stream. Uh, you can tag those you want to invite to the post. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text this link to your personal network. We want to grow our YouTube subscription to at least 1,500 before the year is out. And if you're in our chat room on our church website Click on the invite button and the chat button to share this experience with others. And if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, or our church website, do me this favor. Would you just type in where you're watching us from? If you're in Charlotte, Mint Hill, Matthews, Hunterville. Uh, Belmont wherever you are if you would just type in where you're watching us from you can even put the hood we know where the hood is amen just put wherever you're watching us from and of course we want to celebrate the diversity of space and place that's happening tonight so as you continue to stand I'm going to ask that uh, Minister Erica Minor will come give us our call to worship and then we will proceed as far as our worship experience is concerned
1: With our hands lifted up and our mouths filled with praise, with hearts of thanksgiving, let us bless the Lord this evening. Let us bless the Lord because he has revived us all week and he's going to revive us again tonight. Let us bless the Lord for the souls that he has saved this week because that's what revival is really all about. Let us bless the Lord because he is good and he is worthy to be praised. Let's get ready for revival. where you're watching us from. We're glad that you could join us. Don't feel bad because you're not here in the sanctuary. We know that you are still worshiping with us and we feel your presence also. Go ahead and turn to the book of Revelation, chapter three, if you're able. If not, it'll be on the screen. And we will be starting at verse 14, Revelation three, verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, these things says the amen. The faithful and true witness The beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us bow for a word of prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for already being here and showing up to stir our souls and refresh our hearts with your unfailing love and forgiveness. We praise you for in advance for how you are going to convict our hearts, Lord, so that we can walk closer to you and be fruitful servants. Lord, we ask that as you restore the light in us so that we can shine brighter and, and, and before, before you that, that this worship experience, that it will draw unbelievers so that they can accept you as their Savior and their Lord. Lord, we thank you and we love you and we anticipate all that you are going to do in this worship experience tonight. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. amen.
0: What a blessed privilege to be in the house of the Lord on the last night of these revival services. And I don't know about anybody else, but I am happy to be here. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in this space and in this place. Our first preacher, our first preacher up tonight is going to be the Reverend Dr. William Houston Curtis, the senior pastor of the Mount Ararat Baptist Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, as we've been commiserating over the last few days, we realized our friendship goes all the way back to 1995, August of 1995, when we were the young guns on the campus at United Theological Seminary in pursuit of our doctoral degree. And uh, from there, our friendship uh, developed and has grown to a place. He is a, not only a friend, but a brother beloved. Uh, he has been serving at the Mount Airy Baptist Church for over 25 years. Uh, God has allowed for him to be married over 30 years. They have a wonderful daughter, Houston, that is a budding doctor. And uh, I am excited about her future as well. He is one of the most sought-after preachers in this country. Having been the youngest person to serve as president of the prestigious Hampton University Ministers Conference, he is in demand for conferences and revivals all across this land. What a blessed joy it is for us here at St. Paul to have someone of his magnitude and of his stature to share the unsearchable riches of the gospel. He is also an author and um, some of you may have purchased his book last night and uh, I believe that we have his book available for purchase tonight. We'll let you know how we will flow as far as that is concerned. Uh, His book is $20 and One day closer. Uh, Strength for the seasons of life. Six weeks of meditation for traumatic times. And anybody know we have been in traumatic times over the last 18 months dealing with this COVID pandemic. But yet God is a keeper. God is a healer and God is a sustainer. And this book will definitely build up your spirit and bolster your soul. So I am delighted uh, just to present. I don't have to introduce him to St. Paul, but just to present our first preacher for tonight. He is not lecturing. He's preaching. Amen, Dr. Curtis. He's preaching. Amen. Amen. He will be preaching. Won't be a lecture, amen. And so uh, after our wonderful music ministry blesses us with song, the next voice you will hear will be that of our first preacher for the night. Pray for him and with him that the Lord will use him in a mighty way.
2: of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger Lord, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome and power Out of the ashes, out of the ashes we rise. No one's told.
3: you are indeed our strength and our redeemer we ask it in the strong and perfect name of jesus christ our lord we pray and all of god's children said together amen would you help me to celebrate your pastor my friend my brother god's preacher the reverend dr robert charles scott And we celebrate the first family and appreciate so much what they bring to ministry and to the quality of this church, to those who make up the leadership and the discipleship of the great St. Paul congregation, to this music ministry that has worked to usher us into the presence of God, to my tag team brother, that superlative preacher, that Jerry Carter is a preacher. Lord have mercy, I, I sat In utter amazement and admiration on last night, just watching him work his craft and to be faithful as a steward of the calling that God has placed upon his life. And I'm appreciative that the Lord has given me friends who pour into my life in such a rich and vibrant way as Pastor Scott and Pastor Carter do. I want to thank Pastor Scott for allowing me to stand in his pulpit and to declare the word of God and equally as important to have these three days of fellowship Uh, first time I've had a chance to see either one of them since 2019 and so to think that 2020 was an entire wash and to be back on the road again um, I've been trying my best to force them to stay out late (laughs) I, I think I'm younger than both of them so I've been forcing them to stay out late every evening Um, just so we can extend the fellowship, right? That's, that's how rich it is for me. And so thank you, Pastor Scott, for allowing me to be here these three nights. Listen to these words that come to us from Acts chapter nine. Allow me to read verses one through nine. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground, heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. I want to talk about when life turns upside down. Paul didn't expect his life to be disrupted like this. Mm -hmm. And yet there he sits blind in Damascus trying to figure out what his encounter with Jesus means for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. He knows for sure what Todd Bozinger says when describing the need for adaptive leadership that the world in front of him will be nothing like the world behind him. Reading Paul's biographical sketch leaves you nothing short of impressed. Born into a Jewish family, living as part of the diaspora, settling in the city of Tarsus. His grandfather had gained Roman citizenship because he helped Roman forces occupy that part of Asia Minor. The reward for his help was that not only would he be given Roman citizenship, That it would be passed down to future generations and that means that paul is born a roman citizen which he would use to his benefit much later in his life and ministry as he attempts to spread the gospel of jesus his parents could trace their family links back to the tribe of benjamin and for them no greater figure existed at the time than king saul so in their high hopes and lofty dreams for their son they named him saul But he was also given the Greek name Paul to be used in heavily Gentile context. Paul was fluent in four languages. Having studied religion in Jerusalem, he could speak Aramaic, Hebrew, Greek, Latin. He learned Greek growing up in Tarsus at home. Among his parents, he spoke Aramaic. When he went to church, he learned Hebrew. And hanging out among the Romans, he picked up at least some working knowledge of Latin. Paul studied theology in Jerusalem under the highly respected and hugely admired scholar Gamaliel, a Pharisee. And with this wide pedigree and expansive exposure to learning, Paul exercised a densely muscled intellect. Learning the scriptures by heart and the ability to apply deep hermeneutic, we would call it. Interpreting as he recites them largely by memory. Paul is impressive, isn't he? being part of that strict sect within the Pharisees ranks it meant for Paul that while he may have heard Jesus preach or teach he strongly rejected his teachings at that time and when more and more people were following Jesus Paul then joined that group of people who arrested followers of Jesus to drag them before Jewish authorities to be judged convicted punished of course with the hope being that they would be executed now, tonight, St. Paul, I give you this brief history of Paul's life because this is one impressive brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His parents ensured his exposure to the wideness of cultural connectivity. He was given a chance to learn in the best of the universities under the most renowned of scholars. He applied himself faithfully, matured to become one impressive man. Life was good. The future looked extremely bright. His respect among his peers is unparalleled. So many options for his choosing, and oh, I might need to tell you, all of this is before his 31st birthday. He had been a part of the stoning of one of Jesus' followers, a brother named Stephen, and while this holy man was being stoned, Paul became guardian of Stephen's cloak. The high priest was then sending Paul to Damascus on his own personal mission to arrest some people who were following Jesus, and just when they see Damascus ahead scripture says the light from heaven shines flashes around him so bright he falls from his horse and while on the ground he encounters Jesus the Lord's voice is heard Saul why are you persecuting me and Saul knew at that very moment whose voice this is this is in fact the ascended Lord and the question the Lord raises shifts Paul's thinking immediately why did Jesus side with the people I've been persecuting Why did Jesus refer to himself as if he and God are one? And as smart and spiritual as he had been, he concluded that while he thought he had been doing God's work all along, he now discovers he had been grossly mistaken. Ah. And it is then that the Lord gives Paul some instructions. Get up, go into the city. There you'll be told what to do. Now, remember, at this point, he's not told that he's going to become an apostle. He should preach and establish churches. He simply right now is being told in essence that everything he's been doing is wrong. All that gift, all that training, all that rich cultural connectivity was not to be wasted in the fashion that Paul had been wasting it to date. Paul filters all of this from this encounter with this voice that he knows is Jesus. And I might add, he was not the only one to hear the Lord's voice. Those traveling with him, the text calls them simply companions. They heard it too. And when they go to help Paul up Pastor Scott, it's then that Paul and those traveling with him realize that he can't see. He's become blind. He wasn't blind before encountering Jesus, but this encounter, while giving him deep revelation, it takes from him his sight. and he must then be led into the city where they settle him in Judas's house, who lived on straight Street. I love that. And it's there that for three days, Paul sits blind with his whole life having now been turned upside down. The man who wanted to run Christians to trial and then to death has been knocked from his high position and status, his passionate pursuits and ambitions. And he finds himself face down blind on the ground. This brilliant young adult with the world in front of him, full of possibility and potential who's leading people to prison. And now he himself is in prison in blindness, sitting in utter darkness in Damascus on Straight Street in a house owned by a man named Judas. Paul is figuring out what would be the punitive response of the high priest who gave him authority to destroy Christians. And now it's clear that Jesus intends for him to make Christians, to equip them, to provide them place and space to worship and to fellowship. The leader Paul is now relying on help from the very people he had been persecuting. His life has been turned upside down and I want to camp there for just a couple of minutes. Though Paul will again receive his sight when Ananias is told by the Lord to go over and meet him and heal him. I want to sit with him, not on the other side of his blindness, not after his sight has been restored as a result of being healed. I want to sit with Paul tonight amidst these three days. He sits alone, blind in nothing but darkness while trying to make sense out of this light that now shines within his blindness. Helping to, for the first time in his life, giving him a chance to really see we all know the feeling don't we when life or seasons in life or certain spaces in life puts all of us in these upside down shifts in our lived experiences and if you're like me you'd have to testify it doesn't take much life can turn upside down with one phone call One fateful meeting on the job, one variant virus spread, one unexpected announcement, one test result having come in, facing a truth that sets you free, but a truth that you know is going to unsettle everybody else around you. It's when life turns upside down. It's, It's the lump you notice that has formed. It's the aging process that reveals limitations you weren't quite ready to have to own or nurse. It's the painful shutdown of valued relationships. It's the reality that some things are never going to progress as imagined. It's when you have to face the fact that you might have missed a season. Uh, Bishop Walter Thomas and I were enjoying a casual conversation some weeks ago when he said something I couldn't shake. The rest of the day, Bill, what we're going to do with the other part of our universal church community tagged evangelicals that won't join us in the fight against this want to remove the truth, the horror, the sin of American slavery from our education, our textbook, like it can ever be erased from our remembrance. And all day, my world was intellectually turned upside down like communities who hear the need for police community relations, but grew up all their lives fearing the uniform. Growing with a certain specific gender description and thinking about love in certain ways and then your child tells you that they are of another persuasion and another conviction and you face the fact for the first time perhaps that your love is stronger than your cultural ethic world turned upside down or sitting in the funeral of a child who is taken by the rash of gun violence spreading pervasive in our country. And I'm not exhausting the examples. I'm just making a couple of suggestions to open the window, the imaging for us, because every one of us in here tonight knows what it feels like to sit on straight street in Judas's house, blind, thinking to ourselves, I didn't think my life would turn out like this. I don't know how long your life has been upside down i guess the good news i ought to release before we even invest investigate the text is this it won't last forever Jesus is allowing the time and the space for purposes. He is working in your life. And tonight, I want to explore a couple of options for us. When life has turned upside down like this, what do you discern spiritually? How do you steward it faithfully? Who are you supposed to be when you emerge from it? Well, I think the text is teaching us that when life turns upside down, expand your definition of right side up. Do I need to say it again? When life turns upside down, expand your definition of right side up. Paul sitting blind seems like life upside down, but in reality for him, he sits for the first time seeing more than he's ever seen. He's seeing God's purposes for him. He's meeting now the clearer vision for why he speaks four languages, why he is of such wide and noble heritage. He can move in and out of provinces as a citizen devoid of a hermeneutic of suspicion. His life in reality is not upside down. It is really right sizing up such an unusual path. Such a wide field of preparation and it's all now perfect for what Jesus is going to use him to advance of his will to expand the kingdom. Here's my point. I know you got two sermons to listen to tonight. When God lets life turn seemingly upside down, could it be that he is really turning your life right side up? It's what the upside down experience produces that from a spiritual perspective makes it a right side up consideration. It's the blessing the pain leaves you with. It's the next door discovered after the frantic response from the last doors closing. It's the gift that the diagnosis reveals. It's the way it shapes your mind and heart. It's the breakthrough from the blow up argument. It's the discovery that you are loved even if you've disappointed someone. It's what losing what is most precious gave you as a gift of revealing what should have been the treasured possession in your life in the first place. Am I talking to anybody in here? All I'm trying to say is Paul sits blind and perhaps he sits hurt, angry, scared, confused and seemingly optionless. And while it seems like an upside down experience for us, if we trust jesus he's always working things for our good that he loves us with unfailing love then we have to also trust that what he's doing is really right-siding our lives and using these upside down experiences to make the necessary adjustments preach so the discipline here's the discipline the discipline is to not let the blindness make you stop seeing You don't stop seeing. You just see differently. Now it's not with your eyes, it's with your faith. But that makes sense because we walk not by sight. We walk by faith. It's the discipline. Here it is. It's the discipline to not let pain be so selfish as to walk up in your life and not leave a gift. Let me say it again. Don't let tragedy run up in your life, not respect the lordship of Jesus enough to leave something that helps you see the goodness of God. This is my way of saying every upside down experience has right side up potential. If you sit in and expecting the Lord to speak and to bless and to grow you and to shift you and to stretch you. See, I'm not letting trouble walk up in my life and be so selfish as to only leave chaos. No, if you're gonna walk in my front door and bum rush up into my emotionality, when you're making your way out, you're gonna leave me something for which I can look back on it and say what the enemy meant for evil. Oh Lord, God turned for my good. Am I talking to anybody in here? I mean, if you're going to have to go through all the horror of going into the job and the security officer going to come up behind you with a box and ask you to walk into the supervisor's office in which they're going to collect your insert key and walk you out the back door to the parking lot. When you get in the car, you're not going to let the trauma of that experience do nothing but take a make a withdrawal from your life. You wanted to leave a gift and the gift is this. God, if you had not forced me out, I would have never left on my own but because you forced me out now I know I got to wait on you so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to wait on you and I'm going to be of good courage in fact I'm going to run on now to St. Paul put myself in position for revival and thank you that every closed door means I need to check doorknobs because my next opportunity must be around the corner I wish I had somebody here learn to see in your blindness Learn to produce in your pain. Learn to exercise discernment in your detours, pay attention in your fatigue, learn how to breathe in your frustration, be aware in your mistreatment and mayhem, because for what God has for you next or from now on, he has to right side your life, sometimes from an upside down position. It's the push from the finite to the infinite, from just project to project and pushing you instead to the cause that can bless generations after you're gone. The first thing this text teaches me is when you're in an upside down situation, just change the definition of what is right side up. The second thing this text teaches me is that when life is upside down, exercise patience while Jesus edits your script. Stay with me here. This is so interesting as a text to me. These experiences that turn our lives upside down cannot be treated like they mean nothing. You can't act like they are not significant shifts and turning points. You can't treat them casually, live with the expectation that his life is going to be the same later, just like it has been earlier. No, that's not mature spiritual thinking. We will never exit COVID-19 acting like it didn't happen. Are y'all listening to me? That's not mature spiritual thinking. When your life has had these kind of occurrences where you sitting on a straight street in a house blind with all the gifts and graces you've developed, all the training that you've been acquainted with, it's a shift. It's meant to change you, and you have to exercise some patience. Here's the patience. You have to exercise some spiritual patience while the producer edits your script and redefines your role. Saul sat those three days thinking, he sat sat those three days thinking, who will I be if I'm not fighting Christians? And in fact, how absurd that I'm now called to make Christians. What does that mean for my status as a Pharisee, my standing with the high priest, my respect among my peers? I'll be confessional. I remember. I remember less tonight, Pastor Scott, about my parents' reaction. To me revealing that i was feeling compelled to enter into ministry i remember less about their reaction i think partially because i knew they bore me into the world they would have to love me no matter what decision i made whether it was dysfunctional or not at least that's the home from which i was nurtured my parents were going to love me regardless of decisions that i had made they wouldn't agree with them sometimes it would exact punitive damages my father's old navy man and sometimes i knew when he walked in the house it was about to be war but I knew at the end of the day, he loved me and he was always going to support me. But I do remember the anxiety I felt as to how Stephen Davis and Michael Sanderford and Randy Parker, my boys, were going to respond when I told them in the midst of our friendship circle that I believed the Lord had laid his hands on. Me. What would become of my dreams of a life in computers and technology? And what would that mean? And I knew then what God proved that you don't have life turned upside down without it meaning really deep transitions, transformations, potentials for growth and changes in stewardship responsibility. The role to which you engaged the stage may be adjusted depending upon how the Lord needs you to function once you're on stage. And Paul has to think to himself, how will these Christians ever trust me? I wouldn't trust me if I were them. Paul has no choice but to wait on whatever is next because now he sits alone blind for three days on Straight Street in Judas' house and all he can do is wait. And that's the admonishment that I released in this room tonight. Offer patience in these upside down moments because God is using the time and the space and the conundrum and the conflict and the confusion to define not just who you really are. but who he wants you to be from now on. And here is where faith is given an opportunity to mature. And I'm asking you the question tonight. It probably was what Paul had to ruminate over. I'm asking you the question. Does Jesus only fit in your life now to direct the set or stage upon which you act your life out on to date? Or does the Lord have enough lordship that should he see the need for an adjustment of your stage presence, you're rolling your script. Does he have enough lordship that he can turn the lights out on your stardom and let you become for the season the one to bore the affliction? Let me talk to this side. This side, they don't even want to hear no more. Let me talk to this side over here. Is he only Lord in your life because he set you on a stage to shine? Or is he Lord enough that if he wants somebody else to have set a stage in the next season, that you are quite okay when your script only has content that makes you a supporting character? Can he change scenes and adjust roles? I'm done. In ways that he thinks is best for how the story of his presence in your life impacts other people. I love the role Jesus has given me, but I don't always like the script changes Jerry. He makes on the set and the stage of my life. I like when I'm the hero in one season, but I don't like how desperate and needy I am in another season. I like when in one season I'm confident and bold, but I don't like when the scene changes and it's my turn to be scared and fearful from laughing and joking in one scene to weeping and wailing in the next. This is all of us. And in Paul's case, it's like carrying a PhD education, fluent in four languages, respected in very provinces, and now sitting in Damascus in Judas' out on straight street, blind, because the script writer is changing scenes. And he has to decide whether he has it in him, Paul, that is, has to decide whether he has it in him to play this new role. And if he interprets that in faith, then he'll conclude that he has what it takes. Because God would never open a door or shift a light without making that life fully capable of handling the new stage, the new role, and the new script. And this is why, and I promise, I'm taking my seat, this is why your life is perhaps turned upside down because it's the invitation to go ahead and settle into your new role and who does Paul play the new role in superlative fashion. He in fact gets his script. He goes behind stage and starts rehearsing his line. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. That ain't how his script had read before. He turned the page and says, oh, I don't know how this line is going to be received but let me rehearse it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me how do y'all think he felt when he flipped the page and learned that in scene 4 act 1 he's got to stand center stage and say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and it's why I agree with Max Licato when he says God's grace has a drenching about it a wildness about it a white water rip tide turn you upside down about it because grace doesn't wait for you to come after it grace chases you down and tackles you as you're making your progression in life yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. three preachers three preachers sat discussing the best position for prayer His telephone repair man was working nearby kneeling is definitely best Claim one of the preachers. No, another one contended kneeling is not the best posture for prayer. I get the best results standing with my hands outstretched towards the heavens. Third preaching is arrogance and no, both of you are wrong. The most effective posture of prayer is lying prostrate before the Lord face down on the floor. Well, this repairman was up on the telephone pole in the not too distance. And then he's listening to them as they're talking about the best posture for prayer. And he just inserted himself in the conversation. Hey, fellas, he interrupted. The best prayer I ever did was hanging upside down from a telephone pole. All I'm trying to tell y'all. Is maybe the reason life turned upside down for you is because God knows he can get the best out of you if life turns you upside down. Therefore, we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses. Let us then throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith for the joy. Listen to me. Is anybody in church tonight? Did y'all come to have church tonight? Okay, he says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's when life turned upside down. But you and I know that's not the end of the story, because the end of the story says, but they was giving him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow, and every tongue must confess. Have I got a witness here? Jerry, I can't wait to hear you preach. But can I tell Tell somebody tonight that when life turns upside down and somebody inches up to you and says, well, it can't get much worse. I want you to be able to look at them in faith and say, oh, I didn't redefine what upside down is. It's just God right sizing my life because no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every lying tongue shall be condemned. This is not my end. It's just a change in stage and set. And my job is to go back to the dressing room and learn my lines so that when it's my turn to mount myself back on the stage, as the lighting has been changed, as the setting has been changed, I'll be able to testify that before I was standing at the stoning pit of Stephen, holding in his cloak, uh, plotting my strategy for how I was going to destroy Christians. But then I went back to the dressing room, and when I started reading my script, I turned the page and I read. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not love, it profits me nothing. That's not how my script used to read. But since I had a role change, I said since I had a role change, I made. I'm going to say I fought uh, the good fight. I've kept uh, the faith. Uh, I've finished uh, my cause, uh, and henceforth uh, there's laid up for me uh, a crown uh, which the righteous judge shall give. Uh, not only to me, uh, but to all of us uh, at His appearing. I wish I could get you to talk to each other, but we got to exercise social distance, which means that you can't talk to your neighbor. You're gonna have to talk to yourself. So somebody toss your head back uh, and say, God, I'll wait on of you to right side my upside down situation say god i'll learn my lines while you changing the stage and creating a new setting i'll tell everybody that god is not through with me yet say yeah
0: you were blessed by that word, can you give God praise? No, 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 no. If you were really blessed by that word, can you celebrate? My God. Dr. William Houston Curtis is one of God's most gifted preachers. And what a blessing it is for us to have heard such a prolific and profound and pastoral and prophetic word on this evening my God my, my soul is stirred uh, th- th- that's why I can't have both of them preaching every night it's, it'd be too much that's why I only got them preaching both tonight because about only so much my soul can take like that let's celebrate this preaching let's give God praise for him one more time what a word what a word what many of y'all don't know um, saturday night as i'm doing final edits i'm i'm always if i'm not out of town or um uh, carrying on some other uh duty i'm always watching his broadcast probably some of you may as well and uh, he's my primer for sunday morning uh I can't do it like him, and I don't try, um, because he's the best William Houston Curtis he can be, just like I'm the best Robert Charles Scott I can be, but he is one, well, I have two of my favorite preachers here tonight, and of course he is, he's one of them. It, it was interesting, we were talking at lunch today, how some younger preachers are talking about, you know, Dr. Scott, who's your top five? I'm going, like, I don't have a top five, because ain't no such thing as a top Five when it comes to preaching, I have my favorites, and the two I have tonight are my favorites but there 's no such thing when it comes to ranking in the kingdom if there 's going to be a ranking in the kingdom, the number one preacher is jesus and that 's it amen I, I want to um, i 'm going to ask that you were prepared to to give, but before we do that, I, w- I want to share a couple of things with you um, on this Saturday from ten to Uh, Two St. Paul is going to have a mobile COVID and flu vaccination site uh, in our gymnasium. For those who took the first dose of your COVID vaccination on Saturday, August 7th, you need to come back and get your second dose. That's going to take place this Saturday from 10 to 2. Then also, we're going to have a curbside pickup uh, on this Saturday for our um, Deacons Family Ministry and our Christian Education Ministry for Disciples to come and get new Sunday school books for the next quarter, as well as pick up communion. Um, Your uh, bread and wine, as far as uh, those elements are concerned, you can come and get those doing uh, this Saturday from 11 to 1. So we invite you to come and share. As we prepare for Sunday morning, even as we do tonight, for anyone who desires to attend worship service, I want to remind you, please, ma'am, please, sir, register, register for our worship experience. Uh, and the registration is open for this Sunday. Uh, if you have phones open while viewing us on television, or on your computer, you can use the QR code that will be showing up on the screen in just a moment you can also click on the link that our digital ministers are sharing in the chat box right now when you register online you'll be asked to uh, complete a pre-screening health questionnaire if we have visitors who do not register in advance we require that you register on site this is for necessary contact tracing and of course we require that when you're in the house Please keep your mask above your nose. Keep your mask on your face. We want to make sure that we can practice the safety and security for your well-being as we attempt to try to keep our in-person worship going during this time. And I want to, before I uh, ask you to prepare your offering, I, I-, I want to, if you're not vaccinated, I- I- I, part of me really want to say what I want to say, but I don't know how to say it without offending somebody. I know I, you would do that, William. Uh, <laughs> um, but 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 I'm going to be transparent. I, I have compassion fatigue now, and 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 my compassion fatigue is based upon the fact that persons don't want to get vaccinated, persons don't want to wear masks. Then when they contract COVID, they want to go to the doctors and to the hospital that will give them a vaccination that will prevent them from coming in. But then they talk about how they want the shot and it's too late. I'm beginning to have compassion fatigue for persons like that. And I'm, this is just me, the Lord is working on me as far as that's concerned. You need to get vaccinated. You need to get vaccinated. Persons who are unvaccinated, if you don't hear anything else beside the gospel tonight, here it is are 29 times more chances of dying than those who are vaccinated. 94% of the people who are in the hospital right now with COVID-19 in Mecklenburg County as of today are unvaccinated. And it's hitting our church. Let me say that again. It's hitting the St. Paul Church. Let me say it one more time for the Holy Ghost. It's hitting the St. Paul Church. It's hitting our church family. So I want you to be vaccinated. I want you to get vaccinated. If, if you get to that point, please, ma'am, please, sir. You can go to Walgreens, CVS, doctor's office, urgent health care, and, 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 and get vaccinated. It, it, will, it will save your life. It will save your life. All right. That's my, that's my public health announcement for tonight. Um, I'm going to ask that uh, at this time, if we could, those of you who are able, I want you to prepare the Lord's offering. And as we prepare the Lord's offering tonight, I'm going to let you know that there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. First one is by either mailing your check, cash, uh, I mean, check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Uh, 28205, or you can bring your check, cash, or money order to the church, drop it off uh, during the hours we are open, call the church office first at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering, and it will be placed in a safe and be counted uh, the next time we are in service. The other way you can give is you can give as far as uh, our church website. You can give through ACS or you can give through Church Life. Uh, The other way you can give is through the app called Givelify. So if you uh, don't have that app on your smart device, download that app on your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. You can give. If you have a physical offering in the house tonight, either a cash or envelope, if you have a physical offering in the house tonight, there is a offering receptacle on the, the seat in front of you. You do not have to touch the basket. Just drop your offering in the basket that is closest to you and our count team will retrieve that offering In just a moment after we pray. So if you would do me a favor. If you would. If you have an offering for those that are watching us online. For those that are in the house. If you would do me a favor. Take your offering. Place it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right. Not what's left. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. God we come to you right now. In the name of your son Jesus Christ. After having heard a profound word. We thank you. And as we prepare to give on this evening. Not grudgingly or out of necessity, but cheerfully. We come and we give because we are planting great seed and great soil. God, if you would take these gifts of ours tonight and if you would multiply them in such a way that your word, your work, your witness, and your worship will continue to go forth through the tribe known as St. Paul. Continue to show yourself mighty and continue to, oh God, stretch what we give so that your name will be glorified. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Let every heart that truly believes say, amen. Do me this same. If you have a physical offering, if you would, just drop that offering in the basket that is on the seat in front of you. Thank you so very much. If you're giving online, we greatly appreciate your kindness and your generosity. Amen. Amen. It is a wonderful privilege and a joy for me to present our uh last preacher for tonight uh and my god what a word he preached on last night if if you weren't here if you missed it you can go to one of our social media platforms and you can catch that profound word that he preached uh talking about looking beyond the heels and, and what a word Dr. Jerry M. Carter preached. I, I, I am so appreciative of the diversity of gifts that preachers bring as far as their moment of proclamation is concerned. And Dr. Jerry Carter, for those that don't know, uh, he has a PhD and the Lord has allowed for him to take that degree and of course, become one of the most sought after lecturers as well as conference speakers and preachers as far as this country is concerned. He has presented at Hampton University on several occasions and he has his own conference how shall they hear that will be taking place in November he is a friend and a brother beloved he is the pastor of the Mount Calvary Baptist Church I mean of Calvary Baptist Church rather in Morristown um, New Jersey where he's been there for over 31 years and God has allowed for him to grow that ministry and to have impact on that community, as well as that uh, county and state. And so what a blessed privilege it is for us to have my friend, my brother, to come and share the unsearchable riches of God's truths with us tonight. I sit with tiptoe anticipation, looking forward to what the Lord is going to do with him tonight. So after our praise ensemble blesses us with the song the next voice you will hear will be that of our preacher for this moment the reverend dr jerry m carter pray for him pray with him that the lord will use him in a mighty and magnificent way and if you're ready to hear good preaching again and if you're ready to hear good singing again do me a favor encourage our adult praise team and encourage this preacher with your praise
4: thank you that when it seems like life is upside down, that you may be turning it right side up. We bless your name for that. Pray that you will continue to smile upon the ministry of uh, Dr. William Curtis. We thank you for this moment of preaching that we have and pray that you would simply keep speaking as you already have. Move some stuff out the way, Create space in us where the seed of your word can be planted in the soil of our hearts and bring forth fruit in the days to come. We bless you now, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is the day the Lord has made, and we rejoice, and we are glad in this day. Come on, this is the day the Lord has made. <clears throat> and if God has grace enough to make the day, we ought to have sense enough to rejoice and be glad. So one more time. This is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and we are glad in this day. Praise God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the power of the spirit. Let me take a moment and thank uh, Dr. Scott again for letting me come and be a part of this revival. Um an amazing gifted leader you have here who has a magnanimous heart um, commenting to Dr Curtis how the spirit of hospitality is in this church and is very much embodied in this pastor. So thank you for allowing us to be here and for just uh, treating us so special as we have been here. The one who declares the word here, so says the word is worthy of double honor. So one more time, let's bless God for the pastor. Dr Robert Scott. Thankful for him and for his family and I just believe this church is gonna continue to go to higher heights as a result of his leadership. Um Dr. Curtis, thank you uh, for yes. putting some perspective yes, yes. on our lives when they turned upside down. Yes, sir. Uh, praise God for this preaching mind. Yes that we have. I'm glad we're on the same team. (laughs) I tell you I'm glad we're on the same team. Praise God for him and for being uh, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Um, I'm not sure how I got duped and hoodwinked and bamboozled to be on second here. (laughs) We had a little arrangement didn't quite work out the way I thought it was but (laughs) We'll, we'll deal with that later, um, but, but for now, I, I simply wanted to, uh, for these couple of days, to just provide some encouragement yeah, man. Uh, yeah. for us, man. These are crazy times, and um, it's just kind of been my burden to provide some encouragement through the word of God. So with that in mind, I not you turn with me to Matthew chapter 17, Matthew 17, verse 1. from the new international version, Matthew 17, verse one. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as the light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. When disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up. He said don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Um, I want tonight to talk from the subject, the power to face it power to face it. April 3rd I was, uh, April 3rd, 1968. Uh, he stood in the Bishop Charles Mason Temple in Memphis, Tennessee during the sanitation workers strike and gave an address in which there is a line that has been indelibly etched the psyche of this nation when he said, we've had some difficult days. Yeah. Yeah. Martin King said, we've had some difficult days. and We still have some difficult days ahead of us. He said, but it's okay. He said, I've been to the mountaintop and I've looked over. So. And I've seen the promised land. And he says, uh, I may not get there with you, but you know, you, you will know the line. But we as a people will get to the promised land. Uh, he faced a difficult time in his life. He knew the danger was in front of him, was in his face. At any moment, it proved to be true. His life could be snuffed out like a candle in the wind. But what he was saying on that night is that the danger and difficulty that he was facing, he was able to handle it. Because he had had a private encounter with the almighty God. That his public battle was more tolerable because he had had a private encounter with the God who was able to deliver. What that encounter was to Martin King, the transfiguration was to Jesus because what I'm interested in tonight is not so much the what of the transfiguration experience but the when because the timing of it says everything about the meaning of it it's not just what happened in this text but it is when it happened Bible readers are acquainted with the fact that this so called transfiguration event Occurred right on the heels of Jesus having having predicted his end. Yes, yes, yes. Peter, Peter says, yeah, after Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus had to make sure that he controlled the image of what Messiah looks like. So he told them, he said, yes, I am the Messiah. But what you got to understand is that I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to be killed. And on the third day, I will be raised from the dead. Transfiguration occurs right on the heels of Jesus having said that. Jesus now knows that the agony of the garden is staring him in the face. That the humiliation of being led from courtroom to courtroom is something he can no longer evade or elude. He knows that the malevolent mockery of the soldiers is something that he cannot get around. Very soon, the nails would be driven through his hands. Very soon, the spike would be driven through his instep. Very soon, the spear will be plunged into his side. And all of this, in addition to the fact that he has to deal with the misunderstanding of his disciples, adding insult to injury. Uh, Peter said, Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not going to let it happen. <laughs> and the moment Peter says that, Jesus looks at him and says, Get behind me, Satan, because the last thing that I need. Is anybody close to me discouraging me from my destiny? Because I'm struggling with it myself. And the last thing I need is anybody in my ear as a matter of fact he says this is not even a part of my manuscript here but somebody ought to know that anybody who's trying to or stand in your way of where god wants you to be has to be motivated by the devil so jesus said i don't want you uh in front of me <laughs> because people will think you're my leader i don't want you beside me because people would think you're, part- my, you're my partner so satan get behind me <laughs> this is all weighing on jesus This is all weighing on Jesus. This is all the insensitivity of the disciples, the folly of the multitude, the hostility of the authorities and the cruelty of the cross are all now weighing on Jesus. And what does Jesus decide to do? He decides to retreat for a little while. His assignment is still in front of him. But he knows that the only way to be effective is at his assignment is to get away from it for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. There's much for him to do. There's a public battle that stands in front of him that he must fight. But he knows that public battles are first fought in private. Right. 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 That public battles are first fought in private. Okay, third time, public battles are first fought in private on your knees before you fight them on your feet. So he decides to get away and he discovers that sometimes God prepares you on mountaintops for what you have to deal with in valleys. And so before you go out into the marketplace, go into the secret place. Yeah. So before you go out to people, go in to God. And so somehow or another, at some point or at, at another matter of fact, it's six days after Jesus had made the prediction about his death and his suffering. Six days after that, he takes Peter, James, and John, and they retreat to some mountain in the region of Mount Hermon, some lower peak of the mountains in the region of Hermon, that snow-capped zenith toward the north of where he is right now. Jesus now retreats to a mountaintop. A mountaintop. Let the church say a mountaintop. Mountaintop is the border zone between heaven and earth. (laughs) Yeah, the mountaintop is the border zone. He goes to the border zone between heaven and earth. He goes there because he needs to position himself. It, it is very likely on tonight that Jesus didn't even necessarily know what was going to happen on the mountain. He simply positions himself because he cannot manipulate nor manufacture revelation. Any revelation that's manipulated and manufactured is not real revelation. All Jesus can do is put himself in the situation in order to receive revelation. He positions himself in a point because he discovers that the discipline of solitude gives birth to divine encounters. That the discipline of solitude gives birth to divine encounters. And what he ends up getting on this mountaintop enables him to face what he has to face at Calvary. There it is right there. Because there's some stuff that face, that's facing you. There's some things that are facing me. Am I, maybe I'm scratching where you're not itching and I give you the permission to leave now to turn off your device if nothing is facing you that's bigger than you something facing you that you really don't want to have to deal with once this revival is over and once you have to return home I want you to know that if there is then I need you to pay attention to what Jesus received while he was on this mountaintop because while he was there Jesus gets confirmation of a future that's undeniable.
2: Yes sir.
4: yes sir. Yes sir. Yes sir. Yes sir. Yeah, he's transfigured. He's transfigured. He gets confirmation of a future that's undeniable. All of a sudden, his 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 face begins to brighten up. His clothes are whitened brighter than any bleach could get. Them. He goes through what some call a metamorphosis, but my argument tonight is that it's probably more of an unveiling than it is a metamorphosis because what, what, what happens with Jesus is that is that is that the veil of time is lifted and and eternity shows up As glory shows up on his face because Bible readers are acquainted with the fact that when Jesus came to earth, he gave up the expression of his glory. He did not give up the existence of his glory. Jesus came here still being what he was, but he just became what we are. He never stopped being the Christ Even when he became, I wish we could shout off a doctrine, even when he became Jesus of Nazareth, he was still God in a manger. Come on. He was still God in the boat, but he covered it up because we could not handle the brilliance and the bling of his glory. So what he had to do when he came here is put a lampshade on his glory. Whenever you put a lampshade over a light bulb, it does not change the wattage of the light bulb. If it was 100 watts before you put the lampshade on it, it's going to be 100 watts after you put the lampshade on it. The lampshade just enables us to endure its brilliance. When Jesus came in the flesh... John said the word became flesh and moved into the hood. He couldn't move into the hood showing all the glory that he had. Do you hear me? So what happens here on the mountain of transfiguration is Jesus gets back in touch with his pre-incarnate glory. (laughs) The uh, transfiguration is a taste of home for the exile. It's a taste of rest for the weary traveler. You don't hear me. Jesus runs smack dab into who he was before he was born in a manger. That's what happens in the transfiguration. But, but, but can I push it a step further? Because not only does the tr- transfiguration uh, uh, cause us to look back at the pre-incarnate glory that Jesus had it also causes Jesus to look forward to the resurrection glory that he's going to reclaim. I'm doing my best that that, that somehow or another, once he's raised from the dead, that same glory that he had, he's going to run right back into it and reclaim that glory in resurrection. So what is facing him that's most immediate is crucifixion. But what's facing him that's ultimate is resurrection. Right, right, right. Talk, man. Crucifixion is immediate. Resurrection is ultimate. And so what you get when you spend time with the presence of the Lord is you are reminded that you cannot be so obsessed with what is immediate that you miss out on what's ultimate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The numbers gone up, that's immediate healing. That's ultimate. Because weeping endures for a night. I wish I had a church. I wish I had a revival church. But joy comes in in the morning. Is anybody here facing something that is immediate? Let me tell you on tonight that God has a future for you that is undeniable. It does not matter how real the immediate seems. The ultimate is just as real as the immediate. The immediate is in your eyes. The ultimate is in your heart. The preacher already told us that we walk by faith and not by sight. So even when life turns upside down, that is just immediate. But God has a way of turning right side up that is what is ultimate when you spend time in the presence of the Lord. Anybody ever been in his presence? Come on help me preach tonight. I say anybody ever been in his presence he will remind you that no matter how painful is the immediate the ultimate is just as real when you spend time in his presence Can I tell you what God would do? He will enable you to face what you're facing by confirming that you have a future that's undeniable. But then he'll also show you that you have some friends who understand. (laughs) I feel like preaching. Look, here it is right here. Because while he's on the mountain And, and while he's being transfigured and while the veil is being lifted Moses and Elijah have the nerve to show up. Isn't that something? And, and some say that Moses and Elijah show up because of some theological significance. Yep, 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 yep. yep because, you know, Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. Jesus represents the gospel and both the law and the prophets are subsumed in him. And that's why he's in the middle of them. There is a continuity and a discontinuity with Moses on one side and Elijah on the other side. There is a continuity because Jesus further extends what they started. And in Jesus is revealed what was concealed in both Moses and Elijah. There's a discontinuity because now he breaks with all of that and starts something new. Some say Moses and Elijah, their uh, presence has theological significance. Some say it has a prophetic significance because the Old Testament says, according to Jewish understanding, that before Messiah comes, I wish you would help me preach, that, that, that Elijah, an Elijah-like figure had to show up. And then a Moses-like figure was going to show up when Messiah came. Now, Paul, Peter had already said that you are the Christ. That came from earth. The presence of Moses and Elijah is heaven's substantiation of what earth already said. Because if Elijah shows up and if if, if Moses shows up, that must mean Jesus is who he says he is. Or oh, you'll catch it on the way home. All that is for all that is for free. The thing that shouts me is not that Moses's and Elijah's presence has a, it has a theological uh import to it, and that it has a prophetic uh significance to it, but I believe there's a personal significance to it Reverend. Reverend. because Moses and Elijah show up in front of everybody, yeah. but they only talk to Jesus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six. No, go ahead Stay right there that they, they only talk to, they, 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 that, that thing got me. I, I hadn't paid attention to that, that they are talking with Jesus. Jesus had already had to put up with the misunderstanding of his disciples. So he's probably feeling lonely and abandoned and isolated. But now Moses and Elijah show up. And they are sitting down, chilling, having a conversation with Jesus. Can I ask a question? I wonder what they were talking about. (laughs) Come on. I got Moses on one side. I got Elijah on one side. I wonder what they are talking about. Uh, uh, Perhaps Moses started talking. Can I use my sanctified imagination? Maybe Moses started talking about how he had to lead the children of Israel. Come on, through the Red Sea and had to do it with his personal deficiencies. And he probably said to Jesus, if I can do it, then you can do it. Come on, I wonder what Elijah said to Jesus. Uh, Elijah said to him, yeah, I had to. Moses had to deal with Pharaoh, but I had to deal with Ahab and Jezebel. I had to go up to Mount Carmel and compete with the prophets of Baal. And then I had to deal with my own depression. Jesus, if I could do it, then you can do it. Moses looked at Jesus, and can I use my imagination, and said, Jesus, I had to spend some Mount Sinai time. Yeah, Elijah said, and yeah, Jesus, I had to spend some Mount Carmel time. And they both looked at him, and Moses said, if I can do time on Mount Sinai. And Elijah said, if I can do time on Mount Carmel, then you can do time on Mount Calvary. They spoke with him, because what God will do help me preach this thing can I tell you what the Lord will do when you're facing some stuff that's too big for you he sends the right people your way at the right come on no man is an island no woman is an island am I looking at anybody here who said if it had not been for that sister sending me that text if it had not been for that brother calling me right on time can I make a confession on to you a couple years ago I lost my father Uh uh-huh and 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 i'm not sure how i was gonna how i was gonna make it through that experience had to preach his funeral but 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 the lord sent both moses and elijah to the service sat right there in front of me strengthened me as i stood there in front of the people of god and my family because god knows who to send you away Come on, even if you're not a shouter, you ought to blink an eye. You ought to wave a hand. If you're at home right now, you ought to give him glory and thank him for the Moseses and for the Elijahs. There are seasons when you need a Moses or Elijah, and then there are seasons when you need to be a Moses or an Elijah. Because you don't know how 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 heavy is the burden of the person seated next to you. You really don't know how some of these parents are struggling with having to send their kids back to school and wearing masks and not know what school is going to be like. You really don't know how isolated some of these senior citizens are. You need to get on the phone and tell them this is Moses calling. You ought to call your friend. Tell them this is Elijah giving you a phone call. And I just want to talk with you like they talk with Jesus. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm basically done here. We had a whole lot of preaching here already. But I want you to know that when you have to face something that's bigger than you are. Can I tell you what God will do if you just pull over? Can I tell you what God will do if in the morning you just spend five minutes with him? He will confirm that you have a future that's undeniable. And then he will remind you that you have some friends who understand and then he will embolden you by showing you you have a father who's unashamed <laughs> i'm having fun with this this is this all right you have a father who is unashamed all of a sudden peter and i'm done peter started having a good time and in the good time that peter is having is so amazing he said let's just go into a building program <laughs> he said let's just build three Tabernacles, three structures, three shelters that are all the same for these three heroes who are part of the hall of faith. Peter doesn't even know that he implies that Elijah and Moses right, right, and Jesus are all on the same level. Right, 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 right. That, that, that Jesus and Muhammad and Confucius are all on the same level. And it doesn't mind, doesn't matter how you get to God, as long as you, you know, that kind of crazy, that as long as you get to God in your own way. Yet, yet Peter's trying to be as ecumenical as possible by saying, Let's build three shelters for the three of them. And then watch what the Bible says, as Peter is speaking. I love that. Because God doesn't even give him a chance to finish his little speech. As his yes, Peter's speaking. A cloud appears, and the cloud houses a voice. The cloud is God's transportation system. The cloud transports God because God rides on the clouds like a chariot. The the clouds are not only God's transportation system, but the clouds hide God because the revealed God is always the hidden God. Because you only see so much of God. The cloud shows up. You don't hear me. And and all of a sudden a voice comes from the cloud. Because we believe in deus loquens. Which means the God who speaks. And God speaks from the cloud. He speaks. I said he speaks. Feels like I lost my crowd. But we speak. I said he speaks. He speaks. Speaks just when you need to hear his voice he speaks just he and when he speaks he mutes every other voice on the mountain <laughs> I was I, I started flying plane I started flying again going from place to place and I was on a plane uh, not too long ago and I was watching a movie that the airlines happened to be showing on, on their screen and I was into the movie and then I got irritated because the voice of the captain came on, the pilot came on and when his voice came through the intercom system, the voices of the movies were were hush there was no other voice that was heard because at that moment that was the only voice that matters, we're hearing a whole lot of voices in our society voices from the left, voices from the right voices on CNN, voices on Fox, this voice, that voice voice from this doctor, voice from that doctor, can I tell you when God's speaks all of the voices are muted come on i said when god speaks let your neighbor speak let the doctor speak let the accountant speak but when god speaks every other voice has to be hushed in silent submission he speaks and he overrides peter's voice and i'm gonna take my seat when i tell you what he says <laughs> he says he says he says, let me give you first of all this affirmation of uniqueness because this and that's enough right there because i'm not real smart but this is a demonstrative pronoun of nearness that is a demonstrative pronoun of distance jesus does not say okay that is my son he says this he said i love moses and i love elijah but i really only have one unique son and that's this one he gives us an affirmation of uniqueness then he gives him an affirmation of intimacy he says this is my son so that no matter what you have to go through nothing can sever the tie that i have with you this is an affirmation of uniqueness this is an affirmation of intimacy It's also an affirmation of approval because he applauds jesus even if the world is booing him you got to focus on the applause of heaven He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do I have a witness here? Can I tell you that when you have to face something that's bigger than you, I believe I have some sisters here tonight. I believe I have some brothers who who are watching me right now saying, Pastor, you're talking to me because I have some things at work that I really don't want to have to face. I got some things in my family that I really don't want to have to face. I got some things in my church that I really don't want to have to go back to. But I want you to know that God will affirm that you are his daughter. That you are a son of God. Yeah, and that at that moment, that the only applause that matters is the applause from heaven. Peter wanted to stay on the mountain. But Jesus said, no, we got to go back down. Because if we stay on the mountain the mountaintop will be a source of escapism instead of a source of empowerment the revival is not meant to be escape but the revival is meant to be empowerment the revival is not meant to be a crutch for you the revival is meant to give you strength is there anybody here who knows that the word of God will give you power it will empower you whatever, whatever it is that you got to go back and face. I came to tell you on tonight that you can face it. Jesus said I had to deal with the face of Pilate I had to deal with the face of Annas and Caiaphas I had to deal with the face of the crowd I had to deal with the face of the Roman soldiers I had to deal with the face of the thief on one side but when you've been in the face of God you can handle any other face I gotta leave you now but whatever you have to deal with go back and face it I know you can't touch anybody, but look at somebody in the eye and tell them I'm going back and I'm going to face what I got to face because I've been in the face of the almighty and he has reminded me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He has reminded me that greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and tell them I'm going back. I'm going to face what i got to face because weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning. Whatever it is, lean on him. Whatever it is, he will strengthen you to face come on and bless him, come on and bless him, come on and bless him tell him thank you for the strength, come on thank you for the power, come on thank you for the peace, thank you for the courage, thank you for the boldness, I got some stuff that I really don't want to face but I'm on my way back because I've been in the presence of the Lord said I've been in the presence of the Lord and when you're in the presence of the Lord can I tell you what he will do He will remind you that you have a future that's undeniable. He will remind you that you got some friends who understand. And then he will remind you that you have a father who's unashamed and will affirm you to be able to handle whatever you got to deal with go back go back go just go back just go back go back just look at somebody tell them we can go back we can go face it whatever it is come on tell somebody we can go back if you're at home right now we can face it we can face it i got some people i don't want to deal with i got some doctors i don't want to see i got some stuff i don't want to deal with but i know i can face it you have the power to face it If you don't mind praying with me for this, I just want to pray for it. I just want us to pray. God, we, we, we just submit to you right now. We surrender to you, God. And we, God, if we just be honest, Lord, we would admit there's some stuff we really don't want to face. There's some people we don't want to deal with. There's some decisions. There's some difficult conversations we don't want to have. Some of us stand at some crossroads. Do I have the surgery? Don't I have it, Lord? Which, which way do I go? This stuff we don't really want to face. God, we got to come down from this mountain. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We know they're waiting for us. there be some things that we don't want to deal with. God, we thank you that tonight you have reminded us that we have a future that's undeniable. Thank you for friends. Thank you for the Moseses in our lives and the Elijahs that stand beside us and embolden us. Thank you that we have you, a father who's unashamed and will own us in front of everybody and remind us of the relationship that we have with you. God. so we're going to leave here, this revival, trusting you. Thanking you. believing in you. In you. God, we didn't come here just to have a good time. Yeah, we came to have a good time. But God, we came here for, for more on tonight. We didn't come here just to admire preaching as much as we love it. God, but we want to go home changed. Because you are the great physician. Who's able not just to care for us. But the changes. Changes so that we can face whatever's facing us. We bless you for it. We praise your name right now, right here in front of everybody. We give you glory. We're not ashamed to lift up our hands. We're not ashamed to open up our mouths, even under these masks, and declare that we're going home differently because of who you are. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, let's give him the glory. He deserves Or wherever you are right now.
0: What a word. Anybody been blessed tonight? My God, my God, my God. Dr. Jerry Carter is, is one of God's best preachers. What a powerful word. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Carter. And thank you, Dr. Curtis. Can you, you all help me to celebrate these, these great preachers? My brothers, my friends. I got some preaching friends. Amen. I got some preaching friends. I, I want to, um, before we close out, to do two things. I want to extend this opportunity for any man, woman, boy, or girl that's in the house as well as watching us online, to know the God that can turn your world right side up. To, to know this God that Dr. Carter just preached about, that will help you to face it. I want to extend this opportunity, this, this invitation to new life, to a brand new start. That if you're here or watching us online, you don't know who Jesus Christ is. I want to lead you in a short prayer. Uh, if you do know who Jesus Christ is and you're looking for a church home, I would love to be your pastor. We would love for you to connect with the tribe known as St. Paul. And so if you don't mind just for a moment bowing your heads and if you would repeat a prayer after me, we say this prayer together for those of us who made the commitment some time ago. There's a reminder. But if this is you and where you are right now, we want to encourage you to make a decision. Don't leave tonight without having made a decision if the Lord is moving on your heart. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you will, repeat out to me God, I want to know you on a deeper level. And I believe the best way to do that is to commit to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus died. For my sins, I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. In the name of your son, Jesus, I pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer sincerely. You meant that prayer dearly. Amen. If you meant it in your head, and your heart, your mind, and your spirit, guess what? Salvation is yours. You're not saved by your works. You're saved based upon your faith. I don't care if it's the size of a mustard seed. You are saved by your faith. And then it is when you submit your total personhood to God, you start moving towards sanctification through the process of discipleship. If you are here tonight, And that prayer was meant for you. You want a relationship with God you want a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you just do me a favor, hold up your hand. If you're watching us online and you're on Facebook or YouTube or our church website, just type in Salvation in the chat box. Or if you're watching us on Facebook, if you would, type connect at spbc.org. Send us an email. Amen. And one of our persons will reach out to you to let you know what the next steps are or call us at the church at 704 three, three, four, five, If you want a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, if you're here, if you're here in the house or you're watching us online and you want to join the church, you know who Jesus Christ is as your Lord and savior, but you're saying, Hey, I'm just out here. I'm going to and fro. I'm not connected to a church. Guess what? A Christian without a church is like a fish out of water. You're still a fish, but you're not in the proper environment to become what God would have for you to be. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you're in the house, you're looking for a church home. Would you just hold up your hand right now? Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. If you're watching us online, you're looking for a church home, I would love for you to do me this favor. If you would, just type in connect. Type in connect. If you're watching us on YouTube or watching us as far as uh, our church website, type in connect. Type in connect one of our digital ministers will reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are. Or if you're watching us as far as Facebook Live or you're watching us uh, or listening to us on the phone, if you would just send us an email at connect at SPBCNC.org and uh, leave a name, a place where we can contact you. We want to talk to you personally and someone by five o'clock tomorrow we will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Amen. So, so do that right now. And can you all in the house, help me celebrate those whom the Lord may be moving upon their heart in digital space. Amen. 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 How many of y'all are really blessed by that word? How many of y'all really blessed by that word? I'm the type of person And I said for the third time, I'm the type of person that believes in sowing and reaping. I'm the type of person that believes that when you hear a good word, you ought to sow into the life of the woman or the man of God. We have heard awesome preaching tonight from two of God's most gifted preachers. And so I would love for you to, if you felt you were blessed by that word, to sow uh, at this moment. And I want you to do a favor. If you're watching us online... Uh, You can go to our website, you can go to Givelify, and just put, uh, just give under sacrificial offering. Um, If you're in the house, uh, if you would, just um, uh, to make it easier, you want them to just hold it up, Jerry, just hold up the offering in your hand. They're going to come and retrieve it uh, at this time. So if you have something to give... Uh, you could go ahead and do that right now online or even in the house. Go ahead and do that. I'm going to ask uh, Reverend Erica Minor. I want you to prepare to pray in just a moment. I got a special prayer concern I want to share. So if you would, if you have an offering, would you hold it up right now? Hold it up, and they're going to come and retrieve it. Amen. Any other offering? Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And for those that are giving online, we greatly, greatly appreciate your kindness and, and your generosity. Um, before we close out, I, I want to take this opportunity to thank our ushers. Can you give God praise for them? They have been faithful every night. Can you give God praise for our medical team that has been checking you in as well as First Impression Ministry? Give God praise for them. Give God praise for our awesome music ministry, our musicians as well as our singers. They've been on point each and every every night. I want to thank God also for the ministers that have been assisting me this week as far as worship is concerned. Thank you also very much. Our media team, let's give God praise for them. They're the one that make the physical moment very possible. Amen. Amen. And so I am so appreciative to you. And for those who have joined us online and in-house, give yourselves a round of applause for pressing your way. And we give God praise for our staff, our custodial staff. They have to turn this thing around. And because of the protocols that we have in place, it takes more time to do what we need to do. So can you thank God for our custodial staff? Amen. I don't want to I don't want to ever take them for granted. You'll see Jody come in as soon as y'all get out of here with that fog machine. Amen. He ain't playing. In fact, that'll signal to some who want to linger. It's time for you to get out of here. Amen. 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 I want to move from, from, from that moment of, of appreciation uh, to, to a moment of serious prayer. And I know there may be some persons who have prayer concerns in here tonight. And uh, even through your mask, you can articulate your prayer. I don't know who's crazy enough. Somebody made a crazy statement, uh, Minister Erica, that God can't hear you through your mask. yeah that's that's what somebody said god can't hear you through your mask and 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 their god can't but our god can um yeah god can hear you through your mask you can praise god even with the mask on it ain't comfortable i mean it's it's not comfortable but he's still praiseworthy um and so i'm gonna give you an opportunity to articulate your prayer concern but i want us to lift up um one of our ministers here, uh, Reverend Siobhan McElwain, uh, she is not doing well at all. She has taken a turn for the worse. And so we want to, to lift her in prayer. As a matter of fact, the family is being called in even as I speak. Um, um, and, and so um, we want to lift her in prayer. We want to lift her in prayer. And so I'm going to ask that, um, if you have any prayer concerns, uh, you can share and articulate those prayer concerns right now, but I wanted to do a special prayer for her. We don't know what the future holds, but how I many of you all know, we know who holds the future. Amen. Amen. And so I want to, to lift her up and pray. I'm going to ask that Reverend, um, well minister Erica Minor will will come and get ready to take her take us to the throne of of grace at this time
1: Lord we need you every hour in our joy and in our pain we need you bless us now sweet Savior we humbly come to you. We come to you with thanks because you have revived us all week. You have used mighty people of God to pour into us. We come to you with praises because you are good and you are in control and because you have the final say-so. Lord, we come to you acknowledging your almighty power because it's because of you that we can face tomorrow and everything that you, that maybe that we may encounter, Lord, because you hold our hand and you walk every day with us. Lord, we come with a special ask this evening. We all have concerns in this world, and we know when we walk out those doors tonight, there's so much we will have to face again, but you've revived us so we can do it. Our special ask is for our sister, Reverend Siobhan because she is facing something hard this evening. And so is her family, Lord. But right now we pray covering over her family so that they can face whatever may occur. Lord, we pray that you keep her at peace as she struggles right now with health concerns. Let her know that you are still her God and keep her mind focused On the ultimate and not on the immediate Lord let her know that you are with her and that you are there to be a a loving God that you are there to comfort her even if this may be her final day Lord Lord we ask that you comfort those who are friends of hers this is heartbreaking news for many of us but Lord we love you and we serve you and we know that you are a mighty God and whatever may happen still trust that your will will be done. Lord, guide her family in this situation and walk with the St. Paul family so that we can be there for them no matter what the outcome may be, Lord. Lord, we pray that your power be in that room right now, that your power be with the doctors who are ready to give her bad news and that they remember that you still have the ultimate power as well. And that you are there in the details and what they may not see and what they might think is bad, that you have the ability to turn it right side up, God. And if that is what may need to be done, that has nothing to do with them because you are the God that Reverend Siobhan serves, Lord. Lord, we ask that you move in that situation and that everyone remembers who you are you are in this world who you are to them that they keep their faith and that they keep their trust in you and on your word we stand on your promises this evening god we know that you are not a god of lies we know that you hear our cries and that you are in control We love you for being the same God every day. We love you for your unfailing love. And we love you for your almighty power and for being with us no matter what situation we are in, God. We thank you and we love you for all that you have done and all you will continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: If you believe that God can answer prayer, can you celebrate and give God praise? We're trusting God regardless. We are trusting God regardless we're getting ready to get out of here i want to thank all of you who have made it out there are some preachers that are in the house and we're certainly delighted to see them i'm going to ask all the clergy that are here would you please stand we want to see i know that we have saint paul in the house but we got other clergy as well if you wouldn't mind standing we greatly appreciate you taking your time out to come and support uh this revival amen we're getting ready to get out of here thank you all so much thank you all so much um uh, minister erica Miner, thank you for leading worship tonight uh how many of y'all been blessed how many of y'all have been blessed how many of y'all have been blessed amen 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 all heads bowed all eyes closed god we thank you for what our eyes have seen our ears have heard and our spirits have experienced in this place in this moment in this space Thank you for every song that was rendered, every scripture that was read, every prayer that was given, every sermon that was preached, every amen that was uttered. Thank you for every movement that was experienced in this week of revival. And we pray, God, that change is taking place, that empowerment has been provided, that hope has been reinstalled, that someone will move from this moment knowing they can trust you implicitly. Dismiss us from this moment, never from your presence. Keep us in your sovereign care, O God, until we're able to come back together, be it in person or digitally or digitally or virtually, however that will happen. We celebrate and we thank you for it. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And in his name, we claim it. Done. Let every heart that truly believes say amen. Do me this favor. If you would follow directions of the ushers, they will escort you out. The ushers will escort you out row by row. So follow their directions. Thank you so much.